Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dork down for a Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, FamilyPetAncestry.com. You're probably already there. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song with his wife, Sarah, that you just heard. He's going to sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio, and Vilmos works on JackieCation.com the website. There are many ways to support the show. The Amazon link is one. You can use an Amazon link from JackieCation.com or DorkForest.com to go to Amazon. You order like normal and it supports the show. There is a straight up donation button, PayPal or Venmo to this uh, email address that is mine, Jackie at JackieCation.com, where you can just donate to the show if you like the show a lot. I think PayPal has figured out a way to do a monthly. If you want to go monthly, please do. Other ways to support the show if you want to is you can buy merch. There's Dork Forest t-shirts and all the shirts are union made here in America. So they run a little big. Union Bayside. So if you want to look up their size chart. And then the other merch is my stand-up merch. On JackieCation.com, you can watch me do stand-up. You can look at my schedule and the stand-up merch, a couple of different t-shirts, couple of different enamel pins, and all my CDs and my DVD. If you want to live stream my DVD, it's over there at ComedyFilmNerds.com. They have a live streaming capability, or you can get a hard copy of the DVD on my website. Oh, there are premium episodes at Bandcamp. TheDorkForest.Bandcamp.com has probably 10 episodes that were done live. They cost me a couple of bucks to make, so I charge you a couple of bucks. If you've run out of regular episodes, go over to TheDorkForest.Bandcamp.com and get some more. Other than that, I say this. Let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to my living room. I'm here. I've strong-armed this guy right here. There's going to be some salty language, I'm told. Augie Smith, welcome to the program. How are you, Jackie? Here we are. I'm very excited. This is my first uh, solo Dork, Dork forest. forest. This is it. Now, I, and I've told you over the years, there's only a few things that I'm really into. Yeah. Uh, I'm into baseball. That could have been a thing. I'm into Nicolas Cage movies. That definitely could have been a thing. And I'm into dead comics. Those oh. are the three things that I'm into. <laughs> and I insisted on the dead comics and because said- I didn't know about the other two. But I'll tell you this much. Here's what happened. I'm at lunch with people we both know. Mm-hmm. Um, Emery Emery. Sure. Uh that's it. That's one guy. Everybody. That's one guy. Yeah. That's a guy named Emery. Emery. Yeah. Jackie's not having a stroke and repeating everything. <laughs> nope. And here's a skinny on uh, Matt Kirshen. And Emery, Emery was talking about the history of stand-up comedy. And I said, the only history of stand-up comedy I mm-hmm. want to hear is from Augie Smith and stories from the road. Um, maybe just dead comics, because then they can't be mad that he's told the story. <laughs> you can't be mad. You can't, can't be, be mad. mad if you're dead. You can't. It's one of the one of the key great things about deadness. All of the anger goes away. That's it floats finally, away with your debts and your anger. Finally, the rage gone and taxes <laughs> gone. Anyway, so we met. We could tell people this. Nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when we met. Nineteen nineties, wow. the last century. Oh, that was so exciting. Acme, I think. Probably that's what I uh, that's what I remembered. I don't know. There were and some. Then some... when I moved here, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was uh, Jane Edith Wilson uh, was always trying to set us up, right? Because yeah. uh, her husband Gary Lucy, good friend of yours from the day. Yeah, yeah, he started in Portland. a Portland guy. Yeah, because you lived in Portland, you lived in New York. Yeah, and then and... then I I moved uh, I moved back to Portland. I moved because uh, I moved down to Portland to Los Angeles. Then I moved from Los Angeles back to Portland, which is a good career move. Well. Good career move. I wanted to get away from the entertainment industry for a little while. If there was just a way to get I away from like, all the business. I was like 30, and I'm like, I've done everything I'm ever going to do in this business. <laughs> I've headlined all the one-nighters. Exactly. So I might as well go home and retire. Is there a four-wall somewhere yeah. in Victorville, California? 
that I don't need to go back to. Yeah. A best Western that they're just doing comedy one night a week and it's a Thursday. Hey, welcome to Nuts Comedy Night. <laughs> it's crazy. We're nuts. We're going to have the crazy hair contest, but first we got a couple of comedians for you. And I'll tell you, here's the thing about the Dork Forest. I've done very few episodes about stand-up comedy and um, you're one of the only people that I would encourage such a thing. Mm. Who are your favorite dead comedians? I could mention my favorite dead comedians. Oh, And fa- you might know them. Uh, okay, well, you start. Well, well, you got a Mitch Hedberg story? Oh, I got a Mitch Hedberg story. What's that? Let's, okay, uh, so uh, Mitch and start. I, this, this, and this isn't necessarily a story, it was just my favorite thing that Mitch did. Okay. So uh, it, Mitch, like, he would go up and, I, I, I did the Seattle contest with him and I want to say 97. Okay. And I had never seen him before. Oh, really? Yeah, and mm-hmm. so we get to the semifinals week and that's the first time I saw him. And I, because I, I was going to win. I was going to win. Right. Jackie, I was going to win. Augie Smith I was hilarious. young. I was strong. I was hilarious. <laughs> and I was going to win. It was you my contest yes. to win. It was yours to lose. And then I saw him. Then you see Mitch And I'm like, Hedberg. there's no way I'm ever going to beat this guy. Right. He's, then you said to yourself, I'm is, probably not going to because win. Because <laughs> this ridiculous contest, A, doesn't take place in Seattle. It takes place all over Washington. Oh, that is weird. And it takes place in bars. And it takes place in theaters. And it takes place in casinos. And Hedberg crushed in every single one of them, every type of venue. Every night he would go up, and his first minute would be in the moment about whatever was going on, and it was always genius. Oh, he made me so mad. Oh but my so God, then that's afterwards, amazing. we'd all be hanging out at the bar or whatever. Right. And some, you know, yokel would want to come up and talk to Hedberg. Sure. And Hedberg would sit there and talk to him. And here's what Hedberg's saying he'd look over and he'd say, Hey, Augie, this guy wants to meet you. And you'd come over, and Hedberg would just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just standing with this dude. So that, he, he would last as long as he could. Yeah. With the audience member who wanted to be and his as best long friend. as he could was four or five words. Oh really? Was, the guy would be half a sentence. And he's like, "Hey, Augie, this guy wants to meet you." <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That's the thing. He did not suffer fools. He did not. He he was he he you, he seemed like the mellowest guy in the world, but he was not. He was he was a, just a slow talker. That's all it was. Yeah. That's it. Didn't mean that his brain didn't work, and yeah. that he didn't that he was going to just sit there and and have you lecture him about what kind of comedy you were supposed to be doing. And the other thing, he bombed for years before yeah. he figured it out, and before yeah. the audience figured it out. I remember I worked the Davenport Funny Bone for Mankey. <laughs> oh, Mankey, Gary Mankey, Gary Mankey, the banker. That's right. If you, uh, by the way, there's a term in comedy. If you get screwed over, if you get told there's a gig and you show up and there's no gig, yeah. that's called getting mankered. <laughs> so that's who Gary Mankey is. <laughs> that's a guy who let's just light that bridge on fire because it was a it was an unruly, un, unwieldy, unreliable bridge to begin with. Yeah. 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 Don't walk over that bridge. That's a bridge that's no. about to crash and burn. <laughs> <laughs> We need a construction crew at the base of that bridge. <laughs> so uh, I go into the Davenport Funny Bone, and Hedberg had been the feature of the week before me. Yeah. And uh, Mankey was just like, like, nobody, they hated this guy. They hate. Oh. And so one night, like, uh, Mitch, like, he gets through his half hour to just nothing. And then he said, you know what? I'm walking off the stage now, and you guys don't need to applaud or anything. <laughs> It just left a silence. And I love that story so much that I kept, I, I do that. I, at least at least once a month. Just to, if, if a show, even if a show is just kind of okay, I get mad at the crowd and I tell them, everybody's got to be quiet when I leave now and nobody's allowed. <laughs> and it's the oddest thing. Have you ever seen it? No. It's, no? The, it's the oddest energy you'll ever get leaving a, leaving a stage. Because there's just, a vis- like everybody just immediately thinks they need to put their hands together and when they, they watch stop. somebody walk away from a microphone yep. and they're not allowed to. And they sit there in silence as you walk through, through the crowd and look all of them right in the face. <laughs> Wait, so you genuinely just do it? Oh, yeah. You're like, no, I don't want your applause at this point because it's just okay. At this point in my life, I've probably done it uh, 30 times. Yeah. What? Yeah. Inspired by Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, inspired by just a story that I heard just about a Mitch story Hedberg. About, yeah. Yeah. I'm keeping it alive. I you liked are. it, so I'm keeping it alive. So Jackie. Mitch Hedberg started in Florida, and then he was a Seattle guy? Yeah, he was in the Pacific Northwest, and the, the reason he was doing the Seattle contest is because he was editing his movie. He made a movie about uh, working in a Mexican restaurant. 
What? So that's why I had to go up it against it. It did not yeah. know that. I think it exists out it's there. It's got to exist. It's I hope sort it of does. like, uh, it was like uh, the precursor to Waiting. You ever see the movie Waiting? Oh, no, but I heard about it. Yeah. And then um, all I know is that he grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota. And Minneapolis comedy scene. What is it about Minneapolis? Wants to claim him so bad. You can't and have him. That's it. That's what I told him because uh, I met him. It had to be 96 or 97. And he was starting to blow up. Yeah. And uh, he came and he did Galtier Plaza Comedy Gallery, a room that was ridiculously big by 1996 standards, which means that it was 320 people. <laughs> and that and everyone was like, you're nuts. You're insane. It's too big. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I opened for Gallagher 2 there. A lot of great things are happening. Gallagher 2. 2. Yeah. And um, so, but I met Mitch that year. It had to be, no, it had to be like 95 because it was a couple of years before I stopped trying. I, I was still just trying to stop drinking. And it was right. my birthday. So it was July 20th, 1995. No, nobody can stop drinking on their birthday. Well, that's what Mitch said. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I told him. Because right. he was famous even then for being a guy who liked an adult beverage. Yeah. And so we were hanging out at the bar next to the club. Because the club was so poorly run by this late date. The Caldeer Plaza Comedy Gallery. That you could not get a beer. You could not get a beverage. So we were at the next bar over paying for liquor. And I was broke. And I said to Mitch, you know, it's my birthday. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop drinking. And he goes, not tonight, though. And I right. said, well, it seems like a good time because I'm broke. Well, this is just a fishing expedition at this point. Me, sure. hey. And he goes, oh, I'll buy you a shot and a beer. And I was like, and we're done. Yeah, there we go. And then we're off on the- Not quitting today. That's it. Two years later. So it must have been, I think I stopped in 97. So 95. <laughs> when, when, when Mitch's runny, money ran out. When his money when, ran when out. His, yeah, yeah, yeah. When his bar tab ran out. Right. So, but and I just remember saying, you know, he's from St. Paul. He's from St. Paul. And me going, it doesn't count. He didn't do stand-up here to begin with. He He's not connected to the scene. Yeah. No. He loves other scenes. Yeah. Like, where he came up is where you're from. That's but I'm not love. even sure that Seattle claims him. I don't know, like, who... Who, who the, really who, claims him? Yeah. Like, maybe it is Florida. Yeah. Always I weird. Hate, I hate to think of that. Me too. Me too. Because yeah. when you think of co- great comics from Florida, you got to dig. Uh, yeah. Regan, right? Well, Regan... I mean, Regan's Both the best of, them, of the Both of them, the two Regans. Dennis and Brian, right there. <laughs> and then Tom Papa, I think. Is really? that right? Papa? I think Papa is. No. But the worst horrible comedian I ever met was from Florida. And it, it just, it, it tainted the entire, mm-hmm. the right. pool ever since then. And then everybody else that's ever been from Florida. Those are the two <laughs> things that taint Isn't Florida. Carmen Morales from Florida? She, Carmen Morales is lovely, she is also and she's from, from Florida. From, she's a, I would hilarious. like to tell you a story about her, but she's alive. She is alive. And so that is against the rules of what we're of talking what we're doing. about. If we have to go to a live comics, let's do it in the 40th minute, shall we? <laughs> it's still early times. We're, oh, yeah. we're just 10 minutes in. So uh, I want to talk about yep. uh, our buddy, the late, great Brody Stevens. Oh, man. Yeah, right? Yeah, I know. You got a Brody Stevens? Oh, I got about three. I got yeah, because I knew Brody. Uh, Brody also he started in Seattle, and so That's I right. knew him a little bit up there. And then when I moved down here in two thousand, he was down here. And then when I moved he back here podcast. again with uh, uh, yeah, him and Tana Manu used to have a public broad uh, uh, public broadcast show. Yes, that was like it was like a famous show. Like they were stars. Yeah, because they they were just a brilliant comedy team together. The two yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah, so um, when, then when I moved down here with, with my wife, when I became an adult. Right, right. You, you know, in my right. early 40s. <laughs> in your early 40s when you finally. Uh, I moved into Brody's neighborhood. Right? Okay. So, yeah, so Brody and I were in the Right same here in the 818. But my favorite story is, so uh, right around 2000 when I was living down here, I get a one-nighter in Kingman, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And Kingman, Arizona is probably a five or six-hour drive. Okay. Now, here's the thing about Brody Stevens is that Brody Stevens is brilliant on stage and Brody Stevens is a lovely man, mm-hmm. but Brody Stevens is a pain in the ass. <laughs> he is a pain in the ass. Like, it's hilarious on stage for half an hour, yep. but in a car, in your face for five hours, One it's way. a bit much. It's, it's a, a lot. Bit, world's largest thermometer. <laughs> every city you walk by, or every city you drive by, it's always got, he's got some weird, home of George Duke Magian. <laughs> 
So we get there. Oh, my God. That's we, the basketball coach from Las Vegas, right? No, George Dick Mason was the governor, oh, he was he the was governor, the governor of California. California. That's You're right. thinking of Jerry Tarktanian. Yeah, I'm thinking of a different Armenian. Anyway, go. <laughs> he was one of your people. I thought you'd like They're it. They're both of my people. Yes. So Tark the shark. We get to the gig, and it's, and it's one of these gigs. It was run by this guy. I forget his name, but... Uh, when the Omaha Funny Bone moved locations, this guy moved into the old Funny Bone location. Oh, like, well, this used to be a comedy club. Let me do another one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an insurance And I remember he, he was in the it. Air Force. Yeah, that was the other thing about it. Wow. Anyway, so he somehow he had this gig in Kingman, Arizona. So I bring Brody with me. And uh, so it just, Brody, it's just, he's in my face the whole time. And I'm yeah. kind of sick of him. We get there and I'm kind of sick of him. Yep. So we do the show. And then there was this group of girls that worked at Sonic. Wow, the, yeah. the fast food. Chain I remember that they. I remember they worked at Sonic. Okay. And <laughs> Nevada is about a half hour drive from there. Okay. And obviously, you can drink Kingston. there twenty four hours. Yeah. Twenty four hours. Kingman. Yep. So, uh, I I go with a group of people to Nevada, uh, and uh, Brody wants to stay back at the hotel. And it wasn't a hotel; it was a motel where you pull right up to the door. Sure. Right? And I have this memory. Of where we go back to the motel and drop Brody off. And then there was another girl in the car that was thinking about like staying, you know, like right, staying hanging and with, hanging out with Brody. Yeah. And then the door opens up and like the lights of our, our headlamps are hitting the door. And Brody has his shirt off and he's just standing in the doorway, like flexing. <laughs> Like, just putting his arms out and everything, and just, like, stretching his arms. And Brody looked good. You know, no, Brody was always a baseball player. Stage. He was always yeah. very fit. He was just, like, he was all muscular and hairy and yep. stuff, you know? So, uh, <laughs> and that was just killing me. He was just, like, posing. <laughs> so, uh, we head up to Nevada. Uh, I drink, uh, I, and uh, this, is ha- it, this is part of the story. Wait, the girl, did, did she stay with Brody The girl did end up staying, and she's okay. my Facebook friend. Okay. And I found out because I posted this story. Yep. And so I. And she I was have, like, that was me. She, she was like, that was me. I was like, there's no way. I, yeah. I can't believe That's yeah. awesome. And somebody remembers this. So she stays. I go up to Nevada with this group of people. And this is part of the story, Jackie. Yep. I just have to tell you. All right. I ended up going back and uh, having sex with a young lady. Does that seem important? It's important I think to the story. Everyone needs I to know promise that Augie Smith would get laid. I, I had sex in my road. life. In case you're wondering, sometimes on the road, Augie Smith. I was a younger would hit man. The I was you much were, better you were looking. Single. It just sort of came. To there me. you go. It just sort of came. To me. So <laughs> important for the story. It's important to the story because we had to leave early for some reason. We couldn't just whenever the motel or shift was at Sonic, up. possibly, <laughs> possibly. If I remember correctly, we had rented a car and we needed to have it back within the 24 hours. Okay. I think that was it. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, it was like we had to leave at like 9 o'clock in the morning. So I go from drinking to sex to in a car with Brody. Oh, like right. Like with no sleeping or anything. Right, right. And Are this you is the driving? desert. No, I uh, I drove there, but they dro- Brody's driving back because okay. I'm not doing too well. Yep. But Brody's still in my face the whole time. Like we're driving... Augie, you had sex. You had sex. <laughs> like, Brody, can I just like... No, but you had sex. And he was one Did of these Did Brody guys. not have sex? We still don't know to this day. And, and I want to ask the girl on Facebook... If she could find out. Uh, so, uh, and Brody's driving. He's one of these guys that when he drives... He's got those big gorilla arms. Yep. So, like, the chair guy. is all the way to the back of he's the car. He's a big, tall guy. And just these big, long arms yep. are driving. And he's turning, and he's facing me while he's talking to me. Yeah. And like for long periods of oh, time. Right. You Terrifying. know when a guy does that? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, watch the road, Brody. Yeah. Oh, my so God. So we stop at a McDonald's uh, to get breakfast, right? And, I, you know, this is all on me. I can I can make all the excuses you want. Sure. Uh, but uh, I was hungover and tired and hot and Brodyized. I, I was right. just, I'd a lot been of Brodyized. Steven Brody Stevens going on right there. And so I was rude. I made my order and I was rude. I yeah. was rude to the woman. I can't tell you exactly what I said. I can tell you that it was rude. Yeah. So I get my pancakes and my egg McMuffin and I sit yep. down and Brody sits down at the table with me and he's going, Augie, you harmed that girl. You harmed her. You harmed her. I don't know if she's going to be okay. I don't know if she's going to be okay. I'm like, Brody, she's going to be fine. He says, no, you need to go apologize. And he kid just kept at me. He kept yeah, at yeah. me like he needed. 
So I'm so like, you got to go back. He, no, we're sitting at the table. We're not. We're not in the car. Oh, we're sitting right. At, we, we stayed. You just got. He wants you to like, go he, back he up to the counter. He wants me to go back up to the counter and apologize. Right. Like, fine, Brody. You know what? I'm. I'm, I'm going to go up and apologize. Okay. So I get up, and of course, Brody gets up too. <laughs> We're going together. Gonna, you you got a witness. And it's one of these things where we have to get back in line. Oh, like there's right. like a couple people waiting to yeah. order and we gotta get in our woman's line. Right? Yep. So we're waiting there and the whole time Brody is just standing over me. He's a tall dude and he's just shaking his head up and down like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slow. Like yeah, he's got his arms yeah. crossed and he's this like, is, Yep, this will be doing good. This, this will be good this. for you. So we get up to there and I said, uh, uh and, and I'm about to talk to her and Brody of course, wasn't okay with that. So he said, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody. Uh, Augie has uh, something he'd like to say to Teresa. Oh, my God. She's wearing a name tag. Augie, oh you, ha- you have the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and so now there's probably seven or eight people like paying what? attention, like, what's going on here? Like, yeah, turning yeah. over. And so all eyes are on me. And I said, look, Teresa, uh, I was rude to you earlier. And it wasn't anything you did. Right. It's all because of me and because of my issues. Right. And I hope you'll accept my apology. Right. For being rude to you. And before Teresa can speak back, uh, Brody, so Teresa, do you accept <laughs> Augie's seemingly sincere <laughs> like apology? A judge Joe. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. What it, on earth? Like, yeah. Like he's uh, like one of those judge shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a Judge back. Judy, Judge. Do you accept Augie's seemingly sincere apology? Seemingly. I mean, it seems sincere to me, but you never know it's in somebody's heart. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> so then Teresa says, Yes, please. So Teresa says, uh, Yes, yes, it's okay. Don't worry about it's it. It's okay. And uh, Brody says, Yes! <laughs> Positivity! Redemption! <laughs> Redemption! And led the people in a small round of applause. Yes. That, yes, and, he did. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, my God. It's one of those moments where you're like, when you're in it, you're like, okay, I'm in a bit now. Yeah. This is exciting. This yeah. is a happening. This it's is a very happening much, right now. It's very much that. My ad, my ad, my ad. I'm about to do an ad. Rangers, this is another ad for The New Yorker. You know that you can get 12 weeks of The New Yorker for $6 plus the tote, the exclusive tote. Go to newyorker.com slash dork. Rangers, you save 50% when you enter the code dork. Live by a code. Who doesn't want to do that? And it's the New Yorker, you guys. They represent the best writing in America today. I was just reading the cartoons online. You get both the digital and the hard copy, by the way, when you do this. 12 weeks for $6. You get home delivery of the print edition. You get unlimited access to the NewYorker.com with 10 to 15 exclusive site-only stories every day. You get access to the apps, of course, online archive, the crossword puzzle, just did a crossword, New York Times crossword puzzle episode with Michelle Balloon. And it's The New Yorker. You're going to want to do it. The New Yorker covers all the topics. Politics, news, international affairs, climate change, the environment, pop culture, the arts, fiction, food, humor, and the cartoon. I genuinely love the cartoon. Sometimes the cartoons are all the things that I can read. But they write beautifully on all the subjects. So there's in-depth analysis. It's my favorite kind of news because it's like the pioneer days. Uh, a week later, we get some uh, some in-depth analysis. So get 12 weeks of The New Yorker for $6 plus the exclusive tote bag at newyorker.com slash dork. You get 50% off when you enter the code dork. Let's get back into the show. If you want to know the heart of uh, Stephen Brody Stevens. Yeah. Um, so I have a wife, Julie, and I have two young children, Porter and Dottie. Yes. Brody always remembered the name of my wife mm-hmm. and the name of my kids. Yeah. When he saw them. Yeah. And here's the thing. I've known guys 15 years. I don't know the names of their wives. I right. definitely don't know the names of their kids. Right. And so uh, w- my favorite story, and I wasn't even there for this one. Julie is wheeling a uh, a brand new Dottie around the neighborhood. It's sure. Like, Dottie is like a few months old at this point. I held Porter when he was four days old. Yes, you did. Because uh, you said, hey, we're going to the coffee shop. And I said, that baby's brand new. He's four <laughs> days old. He's like, yeah, he's not going to walk there himself. We're going to carry him. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, people don't bring their brand new babies out to a, a public place. They're like, 
that's going to be fine. We're it's, coming. It's fine. It's fine. And it's fine. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That I carried that, that. I broke a hard one rule that I never carry a baby while standing under the age of three months. Because I was afraid I'm going to break you a baby. You never carry a baby while standing under the age of three months. It's a under good the rule. age of three months. Yeah. I'm seated. You hand me your child. Yeah. That's it. It's something you get over pretty fast. Right. If it's yeah. your kid and you got to manhandle it to yeah. some extent to change it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm sure it's fine. Anyway, Brody Stevens. So uh, he, sees, he sees my wife, Julie, you know, walking around Valley Village. And, uh, of course, Julie, Julie, wife of Augie, <laughs> Ohio State, Buckeyes. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> she went to so Ohio State. She's, uh, she's, she says, hi, Brody. Uh, this, is our, this is our new daughter, Dottie. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Brody, and unfortunately, over the podcast, you won't get as funny as this is. But he looks down at, the, uh, at Dottie, and he goes, uh, she looks fine. <laughs> like shaking his head, like she looks fine, as though there had been this rumor there was something wrong with my baby. <laughs> that is such a comic way to look, isn't that? It yes. was just perfect. It's it's like I challenge you to find a funnier thing you can say about a new baby. It looks, she looks fine. She looks fine. Yeah, I, like and Julia's like, well, yeah. What? What is? Yeah. She? Yeah, ten fingers, ten toes, perfect baby right there. That's a perfect child. Nothing wrong. There's with nothing that wrong baby. with that baby. <laughs> Thank you, Brody. Yeah. So I had no idea how universally beloved uh, Brody Stevens was. Right. Uh, he was, you know, not a, not just in the comedy world. The manager of the Chicago Cubs, Joe Madden, during a press conference last week, talked about Brody Stevens. Wow. Talked about how he's going to be missed at spring training. You're right. Oh, You're right. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. yeah. Talk about a dude that touched some people. That for you know? for real. And and the thing about Brody is that he was. I mean, you just would end up doing his cadence and the way he talked. On, yeah. You'd slip into you can't it, and then, help it. And then, as soon as you did it, you would have to announce to an audience that mostly didn't know him that you had just done a Brody Stevens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And yeah. Uh, you can't you can't help but say you can't do it. Yeah. it. As soon as you said, just like. Ladies and gentlemen, and then you're like, "It's uh, Brody, uh, Jackie Cation is Jackie." Yeah, I uh, I, I lost it, but uh, it's it's tough because his diction is perfect. He yes. has perfect diction. Brody never said anything, and then people said, "What?" No, nope. <laughs> like that in the history of his life. It's true. It was clear that, and concise, it's and he knew true. exactly what he was saying. Uh, that is awesome. Yeah, he was one of those guys that um, uh, maybe a lot of the world doesn't know. The comedy world knows. Uh, there's another guy. Yep. And I don't know if you know him. Do you know Floyd J. Phillips? Did you ever know Floyd J. Phillips? I knew Floyd J. Phillips on that on that uh, that board, that alt comedy board. Oh, okay. That's where okay. I knew him from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was a Portland guy. And Portland we, comic. And we started together. And from the day that I met Floyd J. Phillips, he needed a kidney. Like he he was just oh, wow. born with a with a bum kidney. Yep. And so we did a uh, we did a big old fundraiser. Sure. You know, do a comedy show. What? Somebody's yep. in trouble. Yeah. Let's put on a show. <laughs> we can there's, use my uncle's barn. There's some old <laughs> costumes in the attic. Exactly. Uh, so yes, it's true. So we did a show, and he got his kidney. Yep. Did you know this? Kidneys have a lifespan. You think you think you get a kidney? You don't need a kidney anymore. You're wrong. Wait, you You're don't wrong, get the kidney Jackie. for the whole time of your whole life? No. The rest is working. A, a cada- your new kidney. A cadaver kidney lasts you like 10 years. Uh-huh. Then and, you need another and a li- one. And a live kidney lasts you like 15 years. Yeah. What? And you know what hurts them even more? What? If you continue to drink vodka oh, what? cranberry. Interesting. Every night of your life. Even though you added the cranberry? Yeah, even though you added the cranberry, which you think would be... It's, Good it's for a, the kidney. It's a diuretic, Jackie. It's supposed to help a kidney. <laughs> it's supposed to help a kidney. So Floyd, uh, he kept going with the vodka cran. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You weren't going to stop Floyd with Mm-mm. the vodka cran. Uh, so here's a story, um, and this involves two dead guys. Uh, there was All a right. comic uh, called Cain uh, Lopez. Did you know Cain Lopez? I did Lopez? not. Uh, lived around, uh, he was a Modesto guy. Okay. If I remember correctly. One of those. Marcella like, Arguello from Modesto. Marcella Arguello. Do you know her? No, but it's a great name. It's a great name. She does Actually, Women I Crush do know Wednesdays. Her. She's I... super tall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know her. Uh, yeah. And she's constantly, speaking of uh, the Brody Stevens diction, nobody's got, uh, you know exactly when Marcella Arguello is talking because she's like, 
bitch, I am talking to you. And it's like that, except for more so, because I don't do voices. <laughs> she was on the dork for us. You, do, loved... your, you do your voice. I do. Well, this though. is it. You this do is the best Jackie Cation that I've ever heard. It's one of the best. <laughs> Next. Okay, so Floyd. And, so Floyd. And Floyd and, uh, so uh, Floyd had this apartment in North Portland, um, and it was called Camp Floyd. Because any comic coming through town was always welcome to stay there. Because this was Floyd's plan: was anybody could stay with him, but then he could stay with anybody. Oh, so right. He so that had a was place the plan. To stay. So it, what his 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 apartment? It was pretty sparse. Uh, he had a right. bed in his bedroom. He had a couch that you could sleep on, and he had a weight bench, <laughs> and there was a little tiny kitchen table that he'd found on the street, and like two chairs, and that's basically what Camp Floyd had. Okay. And, um, so. They wake up one morning, Cain uh, Lopez is staying there, and they sit down at the little kitchen table, and Floyd has some Rice Krispies. So Cain pours his Rice Krispies and uh, puts the milk in, and then uh, Floyd pours his Rice Krispies and puts the milk in, and Cain starts eating his, his Rice Krispies. He's looking at Floyd, who's just staring at him. And Cain uh, says, aren't you going to eat your cereal? And Floyd said, I'm waiting for you to get done with the spoon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wow, that guy's dead? I'm shocked. Shocked that a guy was one fucking spoon. One, with the spoon. Yeah. And he and he was always angry about stuff. That was when for you to get done with a spoon. Like, idiot. <laughs> so my wow. my favorite Floyd though is uh we were driving out to do because we used to just go to each other's gigs, like when we were starting. Oh yeah. You know, like you know, remember you just get in the car, you're like you just got, get in the car and yeah, go. Especially in the Pacific Northwest, uh, there was like a million gigs within a couple hours of Portland itself. Yeah, same in Minneapolis. Right. And you'd go because you would hope to meet whatever weirdo was booking it because right. it might save you the postage of sending a VHS tape. A big, thick VHS. Yeah. And you got to buy those special envelopes, the special padded envelopes. envelopes that were like... And you had to buy VHSs. And then you had to stand in line at the post office. <laughs> How did we get anything done? Well, like we got just the that. same amount got done, but it was easier to just hang. You were like, "I'm yeah. just gonna go with yeah. Colleen Cruz and do th- stand next to her while she gets to do stand up comedy, and then hopefully that weirdo will book me to do stand up comedy." So there is a a ten year window where this story could have happened. Yes, it's anywhere between about ninety eight and two thousand eight. So okay, it is when the story happened. And uh, I was driving from Portland to Seaside, Oregon, to do the Red Lion. Okay. And uh, th- which is uh, it was a, it's been a gig forever. I think it's still a gig. It's the bar in the Red Lion. Okay. So uh, it's about a two-hour drive from Portland. So Floyd and I are driving out together, and Floyd, you know, he's in the passenger seat and he's in my face all the time. Floyd is always broke. He's <laughs> like, Augie, you're gonna give me some money for this, right? I'm like, Floyd, I'm not gonna give you any money for this. <laughs> Come on, come on, Augie. You're going to give me some money. Come on, Floyd. I'm going to take your money. If I see you with money, I will rob you, Floyd. I'm not giving you any money. Come on, Augie. You're going to give me like, give me like $40. Give me like $40. I said, Floyd, I'm not giving you shit. I'm not giving you anything. I said, Because what were you making? 200? I was making 200. Okay. Yeah, because 100, 200 gig. Yeah. And I said, Floyd, what about your CDs? Didn't you bring your CDs? You had those CDs made. Yeah. He says, I ran out. (laughs) And he mails me. And I said, so. And so I happen to uh, uh, Floyd was uh, African American, and I happened to be working with an African American comic like two weeks before that, named Derek Cameron. Okay, who is alive, by the way. Derek Cameron is alive. He is alive to this day. Uh, yeah, Derek Cameron and I. We used to be the uh, One Night of Dream team. I used to be his feature, and uh, yeah, we, okay, th- we we were we were the big draw. Anyway, yeah. So uh, in the back of my car were uh, was one of Derek Cameron's CDs, and so I just reached he- back and I. Did. Hold on, hold on. It gets better. So I reached back and I said, "Well, sell this." <laughs> he says, "You know what? I'm gonna." So you son of a bitch. We get to the gig and the feature does his time and it's just some local guy that does like 15 minutes. Right. And then Floyd goes and does a guest set and does like you know he's supposed to do 10 and he does like 25. Yeah. And he just crushes because he's Floyd. Yep. And then I go up and I do my hour and at the end of my hour I bring uh, Floyd back up. And uh, Floyd says, uh, I, I don't know, I say, uh, so you remember Floyd J. Phillips from earlier? 
Well, he has a uh, a new CD coming out, and we have one copy of his old <laughs> CD that we're going to auction off. And like Floyd is walking around the room, we got one left, everybody. We got one left, and then did the you CD tell the other guy no longer exist? Right? Okay, finish so, this. Sorry. And so people start bidding because they loved Floyd. Right? And they, guess what the CD went for? What's it? Forty dollars. Yes, <laughs> forty bucks. Now I want to know. Does the alive guy know that this story? Does he I don't know this think story? he does. I don't think Derek. I don't think I've ever told Derek this. This is I haven't seen him in years. I, I would love to tell him. And I wonder when what Floyd died. Is like when I was. You, you know, you go through your head. Yeah. And you start cycling these stories. Yeah. I go, but then here's how cool and magnanimous Floyd was. He sat down. We sat down with the guy. Yeah. And like Floyd bought him a drink with his forty dollars. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. And it was so because it says Derek Cameron, and it's a picture of another black guy. Right. It's not a picture <laughs> it's not of Floyd. Floyd. Right. It's, it's a different person. <laughs> it's a completely different person. <laughs> not at all the same. Okay, uh, Derek Cameron. We have to. Uh, do you know? Remember the name of the album? Do you remember which album it was? Um, People should get out there. You guys listen to a Derek Cameron album and think of Floyd. Because that's what we want you to do. Right? Think of Floyd J. Phillips every time you hear Derek Cameron. Yeah, when yeah. you hear and say yeah. to yourself, this wasn't Floyd's act at all, it turns out. Floyd and I, uh, and we got booked. Remember the gig in Moscow, Idaho? You ever do that one? No, but I've heard of it. Right. This was a John Fox gig, and it was John Fox gig for years. It was a weekend. You, it, would do, it was a Wednesday, but then it was a Friday, Saturday, but they had a different comic for the Wednesday and then for the weekend. <laughs> oh, man. Like, can you imagine? Nope. Uh, so <laughs> yep. this was Floyd and I, we get booked to do it. I think we were either co-headlining or something. It doesn't matter. Uh, so we go out there and this, <laughs> this one made me laugh. So Floyd, <laughs> God, another guy, pain in the ass, always broke. Yep. You'd get pissed off at him for a million different things. Uh, but he always, he I was always a fat kid. And then when I was started doing stand-up, I started lifting weights and stuff. But I always felt like I didn't look good. Right. Floyd, a cool thing about him was he always made me feel good about myself. Yeah. He always said, oh, you look good, man. You look good. So, right. He, like, we go out after the gig and he got me to wear, like, this tight t shirt, you know, right? which I would never wear <laughs> in my life. But it felt really cool. Then I'm walking around the bar. Yeah. And we started talking to these two girls, and Floyd was really, really good with girls. Okay. And he was, uh, he was like, so there was this girl there, and he's like, uh, yeah, you. Uh, where are you going tonight? You should go. Uh, you should go back to the hotel with Augie. <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, okay. And so we go out onto the dance floor to dance. Mm-hmm. Well, this girl happened to have a boyfriend. Oh, there you go. And he was this uh, very, very muscular gentleman, right? Uh, that showed up on the dance floor, just came over to her, right? And she like looked at him, and she kind of put her head down, and the two of them walked. Off Ew. the dance floor together. Yeah, terrifying. And they apparently like walked right by Floyd. Yeah. And so then I walk off the dance floor and Floyd's looking at me and he's shaking his head and he's kind of laughing. <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, that guy, he just took his girl back. He says, yeah, I saw him come in. I saw him head over there. I figured you'd be laid out on the floor. <laughs> I figured he'd knock you out. I said, you thought he knocked me out and you just let him walk by? And Floyd said, you shouldn't have been messing around with this girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so ridiculous. What a weird... <laughs> so I got I got a couple of famous guy stories too. Okay, do that. Do that. Now, uh some of these stories uh, I was involved in and some of them I've just heard in my life. Sure. Well, this is I mean the thing Og, is that you have heard some of the greatest stories. Yeah. yeah. You've got that. That's what you've got in your yeah. holster right there. Is you yeah. got you got stories of comics that whatever. Go. So, uh, Bill Hicks, the late great Bill Hicks. The late uh, great Bill Hicks. We just, uh, we just celebrated 25 years since he left us. Can you believe that? 25 years. Jeff. Did you ever get to meet him? You know I never did. You? Me neither. No. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with us? Well, we do I, comedy. I don't know th- we, we do, do comedy. comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is... And back when we were doing it, when he did it, there was only like nine comics. I would Right. We, we should have met him. It we was... Like, I know I met Kinnison, right? Like, I met Kinnison a couple of did times. Did you? Yeah, yeah. He was the guy that I heckled. That's how I got into oh, comedy. That's right. Yeah, yeah so I remember Bill this. Kinison's remember. brother, Sam Kinison, right. much more famous than Bill. <laughs> but I have a, I still have the first check from comedy signed by Bill Kinison. Wow. Not the actual check. You, Cash the check. Xerox. Did, ah, the Xerox yeah. of the check. Remember the Xerox? It would have been so cool if you had actually like put it under glass or whatever. Oh, I could I it, could put the Xerox under in, glass. No, it's not the same. Oh, it's almost the it's same. It's like it's like taking a picture of the first dollar you made. It's 
You yeah, have which the actual dollar. No, you don't. You can have a Xerox of a $10 check with Bill Kennison's signature on it. Sure. So there was a... Uh, there's a Bill Hicks. There used to be a club up in Walnut Creek in uh, Northern California. And Walnut Creek is like a... Um, it's the suburb yeah. that Lori Kilmartin grew up in. What? Yes. Okay, then. Whenever she says, I'm from San Francisco, I always smile a little bit and go, nope. Nope. Uh, Not Francisco from the hard scrabble streets of San Francisco. <laughs> nope. No. The hard scrabbled streets of Walnut, Walnut Creek. Creek. Yeah. Yes. So they had a club there, and uh, and Hicks was headlining it, and it was like a. What year is this? Uh, this would have been late '80s. Okay. And so it is a regular show MC feature headliner. Okay. And it's one of these rooms where it had long tables. So you'd uh, oh, you'd, like a you'd Lutheran pancake. Yeah, yeah. There should be like long tables, and so um, right front and center on the stage are two women sitting across from each other at the long table. Okay, and they're talking, and they're talking to each other, and they're talking to the comics, and the MC is just nailing them and nailing them. And they're not shutting up. And they won't shut up. And then the feature spends most of his half hour <sighs> nailing them, and they won't shut up. Uh, and the club isn't doing anything about it. Yeah. So Hicks gets on stage, and he's got like a drink in his hand. And before he says anything, he just takes the microphone, and he hunkers down like a catcher yeah. right at the end of the stage <laughs> right in front of him. He says, what the fuck are you two bitches talking about? <laughs> and the woman goes to throw her drink in his face. Yeah. And he takes his mic'd hand to block it. Yeah. And it hits the glass, and the glass shatters. And the woman screams. Right. And they both get up and leave. Now, the crowd doesn't see all this. Right. What the crowd sees is him say, what the fuck are you two bitches talking about? Then backhand this woman <laughs> in the face with this microphone. So, like, so that something immediately breaks. everybody, just this packed house, just gets up in unison and leaves. Just <laughs> yeah, screaming like, oh this is an outrage. How dare you? Oh I can't believe you've seen a woman like that. And except for like 12 people right. that stay. And as Hicks said, you got to kind of wonder about the 12 that stay. <laughs> he just hit her. What's he going to do next? Right. Oh, my God. I heard it from a guy that claims he was one of the comics, if I remember correctly. He was but in the show. I've told that story to Dwight Slade, and Dwight Slade was, was Bill's best friend. And he says that story is absolutely true. Okay. And the amendment to the story is that that was the first show. So the second show, the women call the cops. Right. And so the second show is all lined up outside. Yeah. And the cops are showing up, interrogating the comics they're going to see. And the way uh, Dwight told me is that <laughs> Hicks is actually talking to a cop in front of his poster. Right. <laughs> so poster him and then him standing and then next him to him. Having to explain why he hit this woman in the face. <laughs> She throws his drink, her drink at him. Yeah. He, he goes to block it he with the mic the and smash. the and shatters the glass. Yeah. yeah. Um, just so that we're clear, he did not backhand. He the did audience. not bl- backhand her. <laughs> An audience member. No, that not, did at not no time happen. Was there any? It hitting. just appeared that he did. It just looked like it because that is the biggest problem with hecklers. That is a great story. Bill Hicks is a guy that Dwight was telling me another story, and there's a little build up to the story, but he says. Uh, Hicks was describing his set the night before to him. He says, I don't really remember how it went. I just know that at the end of the night, I was screaming, Hitler was right. He just wasn't motivated enough as people were filing out of the room. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> when he wanted to piss off a crowd, he oh, yeah. would just he could piss walk off some a people. crowd. Yeah. He could walk some people. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, essentially, I think Doug Stanhope was, uh, <laughs> w- will sometimes be that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he has sort of taken up the mantle of yeah. a guy who is, in my opinion, a genius sometimes. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And then um I think I and then think we'll walk is, is one of the is one of the true poets of this job. I mean the the sentences that he can string together are, are like they're like Bukowski. It's just They're it's, gorgeous. It's, it's and beautiful. Right. And then there but I have seen him also do sets where he is done. 
He is not right. talking to those people, and those people can fuck themselves and get out. And he will walk a room. That story about him walking 1,200 people yeah. in uh, 4th and B in San Diego. Yeah. I've told it on the show before. But he literally, Doug Stanhope, Stan, he is alive, by the way. Doug Stanhope is alive. Is alive. Yeah. Collector of leisure suits, previous episode of The Dork Forest. Uh, standing on stage, uh, just saying to the audience, you don't walk me, I walk you. And then <laughs> you don't walk me, I walk. <laughs> right, because they had they had been so bad the previous week, I guess, oh, that they had made the uh, the comic had given up in like a half an hour and just much like Mitch right. Hedberg, uh, but it was uh, Greg Barrett who said I'm going to leave. There's an $150 that's worth this. And he, so he left the stage and Stanhope stayed and he said, you don't walk me. I walk you. <laughs> and then probably said something pro Hitler. Yeah. And uh, that get that gets him. That's the one. I don't know anymore though, if it would. I think it's right. a, a lot of the rooms I work, that might bring some more people in. They're like, oh, thank God. Someone's talking about Hitler in the way he ought to be. What just happened? I was at a yeah. house party with Stanhope, uh, circa maybe 98, 99. And, uh, just as a goof, you know. Sure. Uh, Stanhope leaps into my arms, uh, and he st- we start making out, like full on making out. Yeah. And he's like got his legs wrapped around me like a baby Bjorn. Yeah. And we're walking around the party, and nobody's really reacting to it. <laughs> so Doug like stops, and we both look around, and he's like, "Well, I guess we got to do this until somebody acknowledges." <laughs> That is easily. Why hasn't that story been told to me before? Because that's you never heard that one. No, oh, that yeah. is not one I heard. Oh, so, yeah, just the idea of like, okay, I guess we got to do. And then finally, somebody like, hey, look at those two. Oh, thank God. Thank God. I guess we're Cause, done making. Because he hadn't shaved or anything. It was like uh, <laughs> scratchy. Right. You're looking for a smoother kiss. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah, it was my first. It was my first real man kiss. Man on man action, right there at a at a house party. That's the thing about Doug is. Uh, is he's 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 willing to try some stuff, just to get the just to get the yeah. laugh, just to, and he, someone will hand him a drug. He won't ask. No, He'll just take it. Then go. What was that? He lives the life. He is an artist, and he lives an artist. He's life. a caricature of an artist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He is very yeah. much that. He's doing the thing that we all. George wanted. Carlin died he, of old age in his bed. He doesn't need. He doesn't need the industry. He created his own. Ah, we're getting off the topic though. But, Doug is not dead. No. You know who is dead? Who? Uncle Dirty. Uncle Dirty? Do you know Uncle <laughs> I don't Dirty? No, Uncle you Dirty. You never had the pleasure of Uncle Dirty. I never had the pleasure of meet, meeting Uncle Dirty. Uncle Dirty was an East Coast guy, and Uncle Dirty was Uncle Dirty. He was sure. Uncle Dirty. Sure. I bet right. you he was a little dirty. Now, uh, this story, it, it is a little salty. Sure. And it's in two parts. <laughs> and it did not happen to me. It happened to my friend, uh, do you know Mark Wilde? You must know Mark Wilde. Uh, not offhand. Uh, but Wild, I know the name. Uh, old school comic started in the eighties. He's still working. He's in uh, he's in Vegas. He does like celebrity impersonations. Okay, he's really good at doing. It. Okay, in fact, I'm going to tell you a Mark Wilde joke, just to, a Mark Wilde story, just to set up the Uncle Dirty story. Got it. So uh, Wilde was coming through uh, Portland when I lived there, and it was the last night of Cheers. Okay. okay, and this is a great show business story. It just tells you everything you need to know about this business. So. I had a terrible little place. I lived in somebody's basement, and I had a tiny little TV. So we decided to go to a bar where, like, a, a radio station was putting on an event to watch the last Cheers. Right. And one of the events, one of the part of it was a Cheers lookalike contest. Okay. <laughs> and the prize, as I re- I remember, the prize being two hundred dollars. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was good. It was right. a, it was a it was a useful thing. It was right. something it was you, a decent you would want money. in nineteen ninety three or whatever. Sure. So, Wilde is great at impressions, and he does a really good John Ratzenberger. Okay. Uh, Cliff, and he also sort of looks like Cliff. He can set it, twist his face so he kind of looks like Yeah, him. yeah. So, like, there's, like, five people on stage, and they're just people from the crowd. Yeah. There's, like, a blonde that's supposed to be Diane and a right. handsome guy, and just, like, nobody's any good. And then they get to Mark Wilde, and he, like, does a few lines as Cliff. Yeah. And the crowd, ah, yeah, all right. <laughs> and the money's in the bag. The money is in the bag. So then the woman Did Mitch from- Hedberg show up? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the, the, the woman from the radio station is doing the thing where she puts the hand over the people's heads. Yep. And people start applauding. And they're about to get to Wild, right? And it's in the bag because everybody's just like very tepid. And they're about to get to Wild. And then somebody, like, like Enrico Palazzo moment from Naked Gun, just stands up and says, Norm! 
and points to just some fat guy sitting at the bar wearing a suit. Yeah. Just who wasn't even involved in this. Right. He's just a fat guy in a suit. Right. He wasn't even drinking a beer, Jackie. <laughs> he was just he was drinking a bar. mixed drink. And he's just a fat guy in a suit. And everybody goes, Norm, Norm, Norm. <laughs> and, oh. he, and he ended up winning. No. For dude just sitting there. Oh, boy. And he won the 200 bucks. Holy shit. And that's, that that's really... everything you need to know about show business yes. right there. Yes. Yeah. Why try? Yeah. Why, Why try? strive at all? Why be good? Why <laughs> be good? So anyway, uh, Wild, uh, years ago, <laughs> is working with Uncle Dirty at a club, right? Yep. And uh, you're, you're, they're sharing a condo. Okay. And let's just say that it's Florida, because I remember it being Florida. Mm-hmm. And the story's in two parts. Okay, it's in two parts. Okay. So they spent a couple days in the condo, and they're not really talking to each other. And uh, Wild is a, he's just a, a, a little bit intimidated, uh, but he wants to start a conversation. So one day he walks into the living room, and Uncle Dirty's sitting there. And uh, Wild says, uh, so Dirty, how you doing? And Uncle Dirty said, you know, kid, life is funny. In my life, I've robbed a bank, sucked a cock, and killed a guy. <laughs> and Wild said, okie doke. <laughs> so Wild <laughs> thought this was sort of a funny thing for somebody to say to him. Yeah. So he get back to L.A., and he was seeing this Orange County girl. Yeah. And he's talking to the Orange County girl, <laughs> and he's telling her the story. And so he says to her, he says, yeah, so I walk into the living room. And he tells me in my life, I've robbed a bank, sucked a cock, and killed a guy. And she said, he sucked a cock? <laughs> uh, here's much like that story. I have this to say. He went by the name of Dirty? Yeah, Uncle Dirty. I know. But the thing yeah. is, when you were just sitting around with him, you said, hey, Dirty, do you want, like, hey, Dirty, yeah, do dirt. you want to go get some lunch? Yeah, Dirty. Hey, Dirt. Hey, Dirt. Where, did you... <laughs> Dirt man. <laughs> Dirto. Is there is there if a he was mi- in Australia, is there a Dirto. Mrs. Dirty? <laughs> exactly. Is there an Aunt Dirty? <laughs> what is happening? Anyway, second part of the story. No, that that, that is the second one. So it's like the first oh. part was him saying the thing and then, Oh, and, and then the, the, the second part was the saying, girl going yeah, the, he sucked, sucked a cock. A cock? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Mike Veneman? Uh, no, because he's didn't dead. Know Mikey v. Yeah, 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 he's yeah, dead, yeah. and uh, he narked on me one time for using the word "cunt" what? on stage. I know. To uh, you used the word cunt. Why wasn't I there for that? Mueller, Mueller? No, not Mueller. That's Ken Mueller. Mueller. Yeah, Ken Mueller. Kenny yeah. Mueller. Yeah, it was Ken Mueller. Not, still booking, not his kids. Still booking cruise ships. His kids are still here. Are booking now? That's yeah. what's happened. That's what's hurt. Yoder's kids are booking. Mueller's kids are booking. So Ken Mueller. One day Porter will do stand-up comedy. <laughs> And work for Mueller and Yoder's kids. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It'll just be generational. And you're like, hey, my dad worked this one nighter at the Spaghetti Works in Sioux Falls one time. And uh, It's called Pepperonis, please. It's, oh, that's right. It was Pepperonis. Spaghetti Works. Like, we'll ever work that big of a room. <laughs> it was Pepperonis. Yeah. I'm featuring for Mike Veneman. Okay. I get off stage, and Mike Veneman says, you know, that's the one word you can't say. And I said, maybe not you, but I have one. I can say whatever I want. And he said, and so then, like, tw- 20 minutes go by, and Ken Muller comes up to me and says, hey, Ken, uh, Mike said that you said the word cunt on stage? And I go, yeah. Yeah, the bitch thing doesn't, I was, I was kind of eating it, so I have this new book bit about the difference between the word bitch and cunt. Yeah. It didn't work very well, but yeah, I gave it a shot, and he was like, yeah, try not to... Try not to use that word so much. And then he uh, he just kind of laughed. At, he didn't even actually say that. Mueller didn't. He was just like, huh. And then he kind of <laughs> walked away. <laughs> it was like, it, specifically, I would like to point out that Ken Mueller did not tell me that I could not say it. Right. He was just like, he literally was like, huh. And then just kind of walked <laughs> off. And then and then I burned that bridge anyway. But it's uh, oh, you got it, you got it. If there's a bridge, you got to burn it. There was yeah, there was there was some one nighter bridges. That way, nobody else can get across it. I was super drunk. I was doing. Um, it wasn't. It was there was. I was doing a Mueller run. I thought I was doing a Pat run. This woman Pat. So whatever it was, Pat Wilson. Pat Wilson. Yeah. So I lost. Here's what happened. I brought a guy back to my room. Nice. Get this. Important for the story. Important Uh, for the story. Did you guys have sex? We didn't. Important for the story because he didn't have a condom. And um, good for you. 
Well, uh, I don't know if you know this about my family. We're enormously fertile. Uh, I cannot possibly have a sex without a condom, uh, no matter how drunk I was. And okay. I was very, very drunk. So we get back to the room. He doesn't have a condom. I say, oh, we can't, uh, we can't have sex. I'm so sorry. And he goes, I'll go get condoms. And I said... Yeah, I'm going to be passed out by the time you get back because I, I have this last couple of drinks and I was just going to keep drinking. And, and and that sounds more appealing to me. And that yeah, and quite and now, whatever. right now, I'm just going to yeah. drink myself into a blackout. Anyway, so um, he was like, okay. So he leaves. And so then I'm looking for my 200 bucks for the night and I can't find it. No. And I thought he stole no. it. And so I am sloppy drunk. And I call, it was a Mueller run. I call Pat and I say that I've lost the money. I think it got stolen. I leave a message crying, drunk. I hang up. I realize I've called the wrong booker. I burned two bridges that night because then I call Mueller. I leave the same horrible no. message. No. Yeah. And then I call Pat back and say, I made a mistake. It wasn't you, well, you guys. Hang up. And then oh, I hang up from Mueller. And then I look again. I find the money. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Did you call him back? Yeah, I called him back too. Uh, neither one of those two people ever booked me again. Why would they? I don't know why they would. They, would, it, they shouldn't have. Jackie, I have uh, an inspirational story. Good, because we're almost at an hour. This is this is why this is I was I was saving this for the end. Oh, there you go. Because this is like, because uh, have you ever heard of a comic named Robin Williams? Yes. Yes. You yes, have. I have. We've yeah. all one of the most universally beloved human beings in the history of the universally beloved human beings. Right. He was a great one. He was a great one. And uh, so, if you're in stand-up comedy, uh, if you've met Robin Williams, there's about an eighty percent chance you met him at the Throckmorton Theater. <laughs> right. Throckmorton Theater, uh, which, Mill I, Valley, which California. I just did, as a yep. matter of fact, with Carmen Morales. Last night, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, it's in Mill Valley, California, and there's a bunch of comics that live around there. Dana Carvey lives around there. Uh, Mort Saul lives well, around right. there. Right. Uh, so they all just sort of hang out on the Tuesday night because they do a Tuesday night show there. And it's just and Robin these, used to do it as well. And Robin used to come and, and uh, do improv at the end of the show, but he'd hang out in the green room. And so finally I do it one time when Robin Williams shows up. Yeah. And this is very, very exciting for me. Yeah. So there's a couple comics in the green room, and, and one guy stands up, and Robin Williams comes in. And he says, uh, he says to Robin Williams, he says, uh, yeah, you know, we've, uh, we've met a few times. Uh, uh, my name is, and whatever his name was. Uh-huh. And then it gets to me, and I said... I want you to know, Rob Mullins, I'm never going to say that to you. Every time you ever see me, the first words out of my mouth will be, I'm Augie Smith. If you ever see me again, it'll be, I. and he says, you're Augie Smith. And I said, I'm Augie Smith. He yeah. said, you're Augie Smith. And so as we're sitting, like just telling stories, yeah. and you know, with the funniest guy in the world, he kept interjecting, you're Augie Smith. <laughs> he was like, oh. I'm Augie. So just awesome. That's right? awesome. We're going back and forth. I'm in a bit with it. So then... It's time for him to leave, and I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna, I we're gonna, I, I'm gonna walk out with Robin Williams, right?" <laughs> right. So as we're leaving, I tell him, you know, it's like, "Oh man, uh, I know you hear all kinds of stuff, but uh, the Fisher King is it's literally my favorite movie of all time, and really? I think your performance in it is just one of the great things in movie history." And he tells me this quick story about like being naked in Central Park with Jeff Bridges. What? And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, but this is my favorite part. So there's a little sort of alley. That you walk down when you leave the uh, the green room, the backstage onto the street, area. yeah, the, the backstage area. So I go ahead and I'm just standing uh, by the the door, and he walks down to the alley, and there's this light on his face, and he turns on his heels and he looks back at me. He goes, "You're Augie Smith," and then he walked away, and that was the last thing he's oh, ever said to me. Son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. That. I'm Augie Smith. You are Augie Smith. Yeah. It's at Augie Smith on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it's at probably I think Smith Augie on, Smith Augie on uh, Instagram, Instagram, but I never go to Instagram. And uh, AugieSmith.com has all kinds of information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schedules it's, and uh, such. Yeah, that is, uh, I have to say that the first time I met Robin Williams, and every time I met him after that, I would say, we've met a couple of times. but I'm never going to do that to anybody. Well, it's a weird thing. I did it actually yesterday morning, but I did it because I had met, uh, I'm friends with his daughter. Okay, and I was like, I I saw you here 
We've met a couple of times. Uh, I know your daughter is at her wedding. It was Walter Koenig. Oh, right, right, right. Actor from Star Wars. Yeah, Star yeah, Trek, yeah, yeah. Star Wars. He played Chewie. I don't know if you can remember that about Walter Koenig. <laughs> on Galactica? Yeah, he he's was. A, he's on Star Galactica. He, yeah, he was a yeah. Battlestar 1999 guy. Uh, those. <laughs> but he was sitting there, and um, and so uh, whatever. But I, yeah, the first time I met him, Augie Smith was Comedy Day or whatever. Right, the San Francisco, yeah. The San Francisco, yeah, they used do to be an much day bigger. Show, an all-day show, outdoors, yeah, in San Francisco. And uh, it was right before he went up, and I, somebody introduced me to him, or I introduced myself, something like that, and then Todd Berry, standing next to me, goes, who cares about him? I'm right here, Jackie Cation. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's right. And uh, Hi, Todd Berry, we've met a few times. <laughs> Todd Berry, we've met a couple of times before. My name's Jackie Cation. <laughs> And one of the last times I met Robin was at Meltdown, at Mel- uh, Meltdown Comics. And um, he didn't remember me or anything, but I had just done a set. Did he perform? He didn't. He was just watching. And he came up to, my, to me after my set and he said, you're really funny. And I was like, that means a lot. Is that you. important to the story? That, that, uh, that? That's that? actually the most important part of the story is that yeah. uh, him and Gary Marshall both found me. Uh, no, Gary Marshall? Gary Marshall said that I was very talented. Oh, my God. You know what that is? That's a win. That's a win right You know what? There. This, is, this is a dork forest where I toot my own horn. Yeah. You guys, I'm actually very good at this. <laughs> my dorkdom is tooting my own horn. <laughs> toot, toot. <laughs> burp, Coming burp. through. <laughs> the SSCation. All right. How about comics who should be dead? We want to close on that. <laughs> <laughs> James Inman. Oh my God! You got a James Inman story? Uh, so I didn't think Inman was a real person. I thought that he was created by the guys in Seattle, <laughs> like it was just a story that like a people myth. told, like Inman, like Inman's the... coming and stuff. <laughs> I swear to God, like for the first, for like, like it was like the Glock. It was monster? over a year that I thought that, that he was just a punchline to a joke. Like yeah, he, he would just be like, and then James Inman came in. So the first story I heard about him, so Inman, <laughs> Inman is going to go to a job interview. Yep. And so uh, Inman, he puts on his uh, short sleeve shirt with a tie. Okay. You know, like like Sipowitz. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this is that's a reference. Like, this is Seattle. <laughs> now there's a thing that happens, and I've seen this before in Seattle. Sometimes it rains so much. That in like basement apartments are uh, the the plumbing gets so over uh, uh, overwhelmed with water that like water will start shooting out of like toilets and sinks and stuff. Wow, I've seen this uh, on one occasion, so I know that it is a thing that happens. Okay, so Inman stops at this Burger King, um, and he's going to get his breakfast sandwich, and then uh, go to his job interview. So he eats his breakfast sandwich, and then uh, he has to go to the bathroom. Right. So he goes into the stall, and he locks the door, and he poops. Yep. And then he's done pooping, and he gets up, and like he hears like, <laughs> like, like the plumbing starts to go crazy. And so it all of a sudden just, it's, it sucks all the water back in, and then shoots it out. Uh-oh. So it just he's in this in this stall and Trapped it just in the shoots stall. just like water and, and raw sewage on him like confetti oh, like a poo pop and he goes ah no ah <laughs> and so in his haste to open the door he like bends the lock and it's one of those stalls that goes all the way to the ground to keep the heroin addicts out. out so he's stuck. And then he hears the, and it sucks like, and then it shoots no. the shit oh and my the God. waste and the water on him again. And it happens a total of three times before he can actually get out. that's the funniest out. number. So now he's just covered. He's just covered, he's covered in the, like pee and poop and, and, and toilet water. And, and a, uh, no, uh, uh, stop, stop. stop. So, so then he walks up to the the front of the line of the McDonald's, like you you gotta get somebody in there. And the guy's like, "Sir, wait your turn." And so Inman gets in line. He gets in line. <laughs> he gets in line. Just covered, covered just soaking wet, and covered in waste. Uh, yeah, you gotta get somebody in there, uh, yeah. right? 
he tell this story? I, I didn't know. hear this story from him. This is a story I heard about him. <laughs> uh, the story with him is, uh, worst guy ever to pick up chicks. <laughs> this, one time we were working together and we get two girls back to his apartment and yeah. he, he had just broken up with his wife like a few months before or whatever. Right. And it was a slam dunk. It was a slam dunk. I, I you, had my girl. Everybody he, he was going to start girl. having sex. It was a slam dunk. It should have all and happened. And I'm sitting there, I'm on the couch with my girl and we're like talking to each other and getting kind of quiet. <laughs> and I just hear Inman go, I read books. I read books. Do you read books? And then I look up, and he's yelling at this poor girl, waving some paperback in her face. <laughs> I'm like, all right, this is over. Yeah, I never slept with James Inman because, but I was willing to. Sure. Because uh, we went back to my apartment, and we talked until almost four in the morning about the books that he reads. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, because he reads books. He reads books. We yeah. talked about philosophy, and then the next one of the next times I met him, or a second or third time I met him... um, he was like, have we ever met? And I said, James, we spent almost six hours discussing <laughs> philosophy. We've met. <laughs> oh, we've met. No, he, uh, and I just, I want to make this very, very clear. Yeah. Uh, I like James very much. I like his and, comedy. And I, or, I, or I did when I, I saw it. And I understand uh, people that don't, because he's a very abrasive dude. But I, I'm a big fan of, like, I, I like dudes like that. Uh, and also, I you do like dudes like that, yeah. and then his comedy is great. Yeah. So there's absolutely, yeah. There's no reason. Uh, I mean, you're we're busting his chops on that story, but no. uh, and with with him well, reading all those books, because but I think it was ever actually goes very... right for this guy. It's just uh, he's just a constant dark cloud raining over <laughs> his head. Well, except for the fact that he's incredible. Like, though his knowledge of philosophy was fascinating. Yeah. I, I actually introduced me. You know, we talked about in depth some Buddhism and some, yeah. oh, no, some he's, philosophers. He's a very and, smart dude, and yeah. it was and it was great. So, and he is alive. So we should end on a he topic where. Uh, but he does. He keeps. Like I remember, I would party with him, and the and he would drink. After Acme, he was headlining at Acme. I was emceeing. I would drive him back. This was so long ago. So it was 92, 93, that, uh, that he was staying at the condo. Right. And, um, and, he, and I would drop him off in front of the condo and continue to drive drunk back to my apartment. Sure. And he would get well, out. How else are you going to get home, Jackie? Exactly. And he no would th- Uber back then? How about uh, no? And how about a bus? There were any number of them. So he he threw up in the in the Tuesday night. He threw up in the bush outside right. the condo, and I got out of the condo and he just waved me off. He's like, no, 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 this will happen every night. Don't worry. And he just kept throwing <laughs> this up. This is what I do. This is what I do. And then so Wednesday he threw up. Thursday he threw up. Friday, um, and fr- I think it was Friday. I was the night I was like, hey, do you want to go drink at my house? <laughs> Why and then we just up stayed up. Bush? Well, he didn't throw up because we ended up running out of booze or whatever. Hey, and talking but about you never had sex with James Never had sex with James Inman. Wow. But at the time, I, I thought, because I thought his stand-up was funny enough mm-hmm. um, that I would have sex with him. There was, right. a, there, was a, there, was, there was a very classy time in my life where I was like, that guy's funny enough. Yeah. I'd sleep with that. You look past a lot of things. I look past a lot of things. I, I, I get the feeling there's been a few women in my life that that was the case. <laughs> You're like, I they, hope so, because that means they like, like my act. Yeah. <laughs> but not <laughs> me, not so much. The act, that guy, I like that guy. Well, that, uh, this has been a comedy episode. Comedy episode of, of the Dork Forest. Forest. Yeah. That's weird, Augie Smith. We, uh, yeah. we don't do it that a bunch. We've gone, like, what is it, three minutes over? Okay. No? Wait a minute. Yeah. All right. That's a lot. It's real nice, though. It's taken us a long time to do the one-on-one. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, next time we'll do Nick Cage movies. Oh, my God, we should have. <laughs> well, we will. Okay, Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?